Hello from the East Coast to the West Coast and to listeners around the world. Welcome to the Truth Seekers Radio Show. I'm your host, Angeline Marie. Thanks for taking the time to join us today. We're broadcasting on Liberty Works Radio Network at libertyworksradionetwork.com and their affiliate stations. Also, don't forget, you can always learn more about our program and find podcasts posted at truthseekersradioshow.com. Today, my guest is D.V. Kidd. She is the founder and director of the Project on Winning Economic Reform. This project, also known as POWER, is a First Amendment grassroots effort to educate and motivate Americans to the mechanisms bringing America to ruin. DV's project distributed two booklets she's authored, one's titled Why a Bankrupt America and the other Blind Loyalty. And DV has also made guest appearances on talk shows over the years, plus countless personal speaking appearances. She also ran for Congress in 1994-1996 and is the author of four other published books dealing with construction financing and government systems. D.V. spent 19 years in construction and banking before going on to various civilian positions with the Department of Defense. And I am so honored to finally be able to interview and speak with somebody who I followed at least since 2000. If you will help me, welcome Ms. D.V. Kidd. How are you doing, D.V.? I'm doing fine. Thanks again so much for taking the time to speak with me today. And, Not a problem. You know, we can pretty much cover what you want, but there are a couple of recent subjects that really have bothered me, and I know that you wrote articles on them pretty recently. One is about uh, Trump's meeting with Kissinger, and the other is the transgender bathroom issue. But before we even get into that, Dee, for anybody that might be listening that isn't familiar with your background, can you first start... I've known you since... Well, I haven't known you since, but I have been following you since 2000, And that's when I first discovered alternative radio and sort of woke up to what was going on. And I've heard you over the years do many radio interviews. So what I'd like first is could you begin our conversation today by letting the audience know your story and what got you involved in the fight to preserve our country's freedom? It was actually back in 1991. I was uh, when my books was being released and I was at the... uh, National Book Convention um, in the industry, it's the biggie, and every year they hold it on the one coast or the other, the East Coast or the West Coast. In this particular year, it was in Southern California. So <clears throat> since I wasn't, you know, Agatha Christie or some big name, my table wasn't really flocked with all kinds of people because there were individuals like the late Norman Schwarzkopf and, and people like that, then, you know, everybody wanted their get their book signed by them, but I was just sitting there, and uh, the publisher handed me a book, and it was like 600 pages, and he said, you'll like this, it's right up your alley, so I looked at the book, and I just, you know, went to open it, and it opened <clears throat> at, to the chapter on the Federal Reserve, and I sat there reading this, and I said, well, this can't be right, the Federal Reserve is part of the government, isn't it? So when I got back to Colorado, I ordered a copy of the book, and I read it, and I was horrified. It discussed this proposition for a a new world order, meaning one world government, one world banking, one world religion, and a number of things that the the 
elected officials of this country in the outlaw Congress, because that's what I call them. They're no better than bandits in the old West. What they were actually doing, you know, while we're trying to pursue life, liberty, and happiness. But I was so appalled. So I started researching this central bank, which (laughs) you could have fooled me. You know, that's hardly a subject of interest, you know, for me. So I, you know, read all these books on Federal Reserve and money and fiat currency and everything. So then I said, well, we got to get this information out to people. So I gave up my paycheck and I wrote this little booklet, Why I Bankrupt America. And then I was, you know, how am I going to pay to get this thing printed? And a gentleman who lived in Grand Junction, Colorado, which is about five miles, five hours from where I lived, um, his uh, caretaker, this is a true story, <laughs> it was an amazing story, really. His caretaker called me up and said that uh, Morgan wanted to make a donation to uh, getting my booklet out there. So I said, okay, well, here's my mailing address. So he says, no, 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 I'm going to come and bring it over. And I said, well, I'm sorry, but I don't allow strangers to come to my home. And I said, however, my husband comes home at lunchtime. And I, I said, it's, you know, it's a long drive from, from Grand Junction, beautiful drive, but long nonetheless. Sure enough, the next day, while my husband was there, uh, he knocked on the door and handed me a box. I almost dropped. And he said, goodbye. <laughs> and I took it into the kitchen, and we opened it, and it was full of gold coins, $40,000 worth of gold coins. Wow, what a story. So <laughs> after I got off out of somewhat of a shock, I called up this friend of mine, Orion, who's now deceased, and I didn't know anything about gold, only what I read in the book, you know, books about the Federal Reserve and the gold standard and everything. So long story short, um, the printer ended up doing the first 5000 and we gave them out. We, I had friends, and we went down to the Federal Reserve in Denver, which is, I lived in Lakewood, which is a suburb of Denver, and we started picketing the Federal Reserve. We had, I had an 80-foot banner made, stop the fraud, you know, 100 years of Fed or whatever it said. First thing that happens is the Federal Reserve people call the police and they show up on their horses. And in the end, they took copies of the booklet and said, you're within your rights. But, of course, they had a couple people in the Federal Reserve come out with a video camera and video camera all of our faces. Mm-hmm. So we picketed that Federal Reserve one to two, sometimes three days a week, depending on the weather, because it was scorching in the summer and, of course, it snowed in the winter, um, up until September about September 15th, and then I took, in the meantime, I was collecting signatures from all over the country to abolish the Federal Reserve and the income tax, because the income tax was only there to feed the private Federal Reserve. So I had a march on Washington, and uh, we showed up in Washington, D.C., and delivered 1,760,000 signatures, and uh, of course, I was pretty green back then. That was September 29th of 1993. We had a good turnout for them. It was more than a little over 4,000 people showed up. And we delivered boxes of these uh, petition signatures to every office in Congress. But, of course, they did nothing. And uh, the more I read and the more every time, you know, I was studying something, another thread, you know, would, would present itself. It was just kind of like picking spaghetti out of a, a spaghetti sieve. Mm-hmm. It was just one string after another after another. And it, I was learning all this horrible stuff. And so then I decided to run for Congress. And uh, by that time, of course, I knew a great deal about vote fraud, how they're 
controlling our elections, how it's done electronically. And <clears throat> even though I was only 5% behind the incumbent, another lifetime career politician, thankfully for the people of that district out in California, he's now retired, but I was only 5% behind him right before the primary. One minute after the uh, polls closed in California, the late Peter Jennings, one minute after the polls closed, he called all the races in California, and the numbers did not change when the Secretary of State stopped uh, counting at 4.13 a.m. But with it, one minute after 8 o'clock, I allegedly lost 86 to 14 in a landslide, just like that. Boom. The next day, I get a lady calls up, and she said that she was willing to make an affidavit. She worked in a precinct up in uh, Modoc County in that district, and she had been doing that for about 10 years. And when she showed up um, around 6 o'clock p.m., the ballots were spread all over the tables in violation of California state law. The ballots at that time, I don't know what the law is now, but they had to stay in the sealed boxes because then the sheriff comes around collects them, and they take them to the county clerk's office for counting. So, and she said she'd never seen anything like it. When she questioned them, they just told her to shut up and go do her job. But she was very upset. I didn't ask her if she voted for me, um, but she was willing to do an affidavit. I was legally on the ballot in all 10 counties in the district, but when I went to vote with my mom, my name wasn't even on the ballot in Butte County, which is the second largest county in the district. My name's not on the ballot. We're going, what? How come I, here I am? You know, here I have a certificate from the Secretary of State that I'm on the ballot. Well, I wasn't. And in Shasta County, which is the largest county, um, this was on TV. We recorded it. Um, they didn't even start counting the ballots until quarter after midnight. And yet Peter Jennings knew the exact total one minute after 8 p.m. So a couple of days later, I sent a certified letter to the Secretary of State, a Republican who now serves in Congress, of course. These SOBs are recorded for their, uh, rewarded for their dark deeds. But I, I gave him, I said, here, here's what happened. My name wasn't on the ballot. He sent me back a letter, and he said, if you don't like the outcome of the election, sue the state. Okay, where do I get thirty or forty or $50,000 to file that type of lawsuit? So that was it. I'm done. Well, D.B., let's take our first break so we can come back and start on the transgender bathroom issue. Listeners, today my guest is D.B. Kidd. She's the founder and director of the Project on Winning Economic Reform, and we'll be back momentarily on the Truth Seekers radio show. This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right. General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for $35,000. You heard right. That's 5,000 square feet for $35,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 
1,500-foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows, you can't afford to wait. So call Call 800-965-1291. 800-965-1291. 800-965-1291. You can control your health care with Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare is an alternative to expensive health insurance. You can finally make the right decisions for you and your family. It's not insurance. It's medical cost sharing. You can affordably control the cost of your medical expenses. It's a group of individuals effectively sharing the cost of health care and paying far less for it. You don't even have to pay for procedures that are unnecessary or that violate your conscience. This is based on shared values. You are not alone. With Liberty Health Share, you're part of something bigger, a group of people who care for and support one another. Join the movement of people who share in medical costs and change the way you pay for your health care forever. It's simple and easy. Call 1-800-714-6993 right now for more information or visit libertyoncall.com. Get a free estimate today. Liberty HealthShare, there is an answer. Welcome back. You're listening to the Truth Seekers radio show. Today, my guest is D.V. Kidd. She's the founder and director of the Project on Winning Economic Reform. And we're going to be discussing a lot of the crazy issues that are in front of us today in the news. And, D.V., that leads me to this transgender bathroom issue. I read your latest column titled Transgender Bathrooms and Jurisdiction. What I really found surprising is you included a quote from a Princeton professor of jurisprudence. I think his name was P. George McCormick. What surprised me is that a university professor would stick his neck out on this issue because when anyone doesn't agree with this madness, they're automatically referred to as a hater anymore. And in your article, I think the quote was, the belief that a woman can be trapped inside a man's body is ludicrous with no basis in medical fact. What were your thoughts when this issue first came to light recently? Well, it's the same as the issue of sexual deviance. Homosexuals and lesbians are not born that way. There isn't a scintilla of scientific evidence to back it up. It is a chosen sexual uh, activity that's very dangerous and dirty and filthy. But it is what they choose to do. And this transgender issue is it's a myth. And I believe one of the other, well, I have it up in front of me, the American College of Pediatricians, gender ideology harms children. And it goes on to say that no one is born with a gender. Everyone is born with a biological sex. Gender, an awareness and sense of oneself as male or female, is a sociological and physiological concept, not an objective biological one. No one is born with an awareness of themselves as male or female, This awareness develops over time and, like all developmental processes, may be derailed by a child's subjective perceptions, relationships, and adverse experiences from infancy forward. People who identify as feeling like the opposite sex or somewhere in between do not comprise a third sex. They remain biological men or biological women, and he goes on. And it is a form of of child abuse um, because there's nothing to back it up. 
you know, Bruce Jenner, you know, he, he put this into the stratosphere. But it doesn't matter that he has some breast sewn into his chest. He is still and always will be biologically a male. And I find it interesting that, you know, this has been with this guy. He's been going on for several years. He still has his male plumbing. And I've read several, and I've meant to put him in here, and I couldn't find him. I have so much research crammed away that uh, several males who, as they call it, transitioned, deeply regretted it later, deeply regretted it. And it didn't turn out to be the utopia that they thought it was because they are simply born male or female, period. And this hysteria that was deliberately fostered by this criminal imposter in the White House is just another, you know, way to destroy our culture. You know, this whole myth they call same-sex marriage, obviously out to destroy the true family of a father and a mother of different sexes. And, you know, it's all planned, all by design. And the children of this country are their guinea pigs. And as you said at the top of the hour, these mothers, where is their brain? Where is their common sense that they would allow their children to be subjected to this kind of brainwashing? Well, what I don't understand is women are, where's the women's groups? Because they're going to lose women in general are going to lose privacy, modesty, and safety. And you're not hearing any women or any reporting that this is bothering any women. Nobody's talking about it. And so my question is, do you think women just don't care? Do you think they're afraid to speak out? Do you think they want to be politically correct? Because I don't get it. Well, in the case of Target, any woman who goes into their store, at least who hasn't had their head buried in the sand, has to, un- has to know at this point that if they decide to go into the women's changing room, they might encounter some pervert in there who, quote, identifies himself as a female for that day. So they already should be aware of it. But I don't see other retailers taking up this insanity. Because if they do, I don't go, well, I, I don't go, I live 40 miles away from Midland, Texas. And there's a target there. I don't think I've been there three years and three times in the ten years I've been here. It just I just don't go there. But I especially won't go there now. There's no way I'm going to walk into their stores now. But you know, eventually we're going to start to see problems where this is allowed, especially in New York City. But where they use I forget the terminology here. Oh yes, New York City to find businesses that don't use the corrector gender pronouns. So people now are either a Z or a her, H-I-R. And so uh, businesses in New York City who don't use the preferred gender pronouns for these, quote, transgenders will be in violation of New York City human rights law. And violations include intentional or repeated refusal to use an individual's preferred name, noun, pronoun, or title, calling a transgender woman, him, or mister, after she has made it clear which pronoun and title she uses. These people are crazy. That's They're insane. Ridiculous. Oh, uh, it is. It yeah. is absolutely ridiculous. 
and you know, you go out to, to you know a, a restaurant that is traditionally family oriented, you know, and your little you're out in there with your six or seven year old little girl to wash your hands, and some guy comes in and zip unzips his pants and whips it out right in front of your child. Oh, it's a she, it's he's not a he he's a he's a zur. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Well, listen to this. Um, there's a radio host, Jim Paris, and his show's Jim Paris Live, and he he was very upset when Trump was saying that, you know, it should be up to this. Anyway, he wrote an article, and within the article, he included this video, and this video profiled twenty about 25 different transgender men, men that either became women or dressed like women. And there was this common thread. Most of these profiles, these guys had all been convicted of sex crimes, including assault, rape, and even murder. So the main point is that now these men will have access to women's bathrooms, locker rooms, dressing rooms, women's prisons, and shelters. Now, my question is, do you think this is going to increase or decrease the possibility of one of these crazy people videoing women in the bathrooms? I mean, I don't understand it because if I know that this is going to increase problems, you know that law enforcement and government officials know that this is going to increase problems. So my question is, what are they thinking? What do you, I mean, why are they letting this happen when they know there's already been problems and they can only increase the problem. Well, I hope you'll send me a link to his column um, when you have a moment. Yes, it is going to lead to problems. How could it not lead to problems when you have sexual perverts out there? They must be celebrate. They must have celebrated. But Obama did this deliberately through the schools because they he knows and the morally bankrupt who serve under him know that this would never make it through an act of Congress. So what they did is what they always do. They go for the kids, and they go under some existing federal law. But it was not a new law. It was, a quote, an edict by this criminal in the White House. So here in Texas, Texas said, goodbye. I believe it was yesterday, I just read an article, but the Kansas State Board of Education, they voted we don't care if you withhold the federal funds. It ain't going to happen in here. Mm-hmm. So, yes, there is a, a pushback, you, not as much as should be, because the borrower is the slave to the lender. And when the state started taking money from the federal government for things like the unconstitutional Federal Department of Education, they have their backs to the wall. Here in, Ca- in Texas, it's 24, I believe it's 24 billion, or 24 million, I guess it was, $24 million a year kicked back to the state of Texas. Now, every year it costs we, the taxpayers here in Texas, three and a half to four billion, with a B, billion dollars for illegal minors in our schools K through 12. So that, those billions that we're forced to pay for in students who have no legal right to be on U.S. soil, never mind in any schools. So when Texas says we're not going to do it, then the Obama administration says, fine, we'll withhold our money. So 
This is the, what the big mistake that the states made decades ago from corrupt Congresses and corrupt members in the state houses. They took money from the federal government and became their slave. Well, now some of them are saying, no, we're, we're going to fight back. We're not going to do it. So it was done deliberately that way because it's a Republican-controlled Congress, and even though those dogs should every single one of them be kicked out, mm-hmm. they knew that they could not get it through. So they just went ahead and did it under Title IX, and which applies to all of the areas that you mentioned. But I think the, that, the, that the rejection of this is far more widespread. It's just not getting reported. You know, I just uh, I was up in Denver last weekend, and I, you know, people say, oh, here, I'm busy. Oh, yes, I'm an investigative journalist. Oh, when are you going to write about this transgender bathroom malarkey? You know, <laughs> I'm not letting my daughter, da, da, da. Uh-huh. It is uh, people, even in a liberal area like Denver, because those people realize what a danger it is to do this. So, and you know, but, you know, um, like I said, it's all by design. It's all by design, turning this country into a sewer. And it's not just here. I met a real estate agent in my town, and she's originally from Brazil. She was a teacher in Brazil, and, of course, one of her best friends is a teacher, and she's st- the friend is still in Brazil teaching. And her and I got into a conversation about this transgender bathroom issue, and she, then she told me, she said, you know, in Brazil, my best friend who still teaches there tells me that Three years ago, they were already teaching grade school-age children that there's no difference between boys and girls and that you can be either. You can be whatever you feel like being. So this is something that's sinister, and I think it's it's not just here, unfortunately. I, I think it's gonna it's all over, and maybe that's why they're pushing it so hard. But um, before we leave this issue... Um, I know this sounds crazy, but think about it, D.V. We have cameras everywhere in public, in public, whether it's in stores or wherever, even on the roads. Where's the only place that you don't see cameras yet? And I would say that's probably bathrooms. But if you think about it, as time goes on, there's going to be more and more times when somebody gets caught doing something they shouldn't do because now the door is wide open they have wide open access to these women's bathrooms and i think what they're going to do is as incidents increase they're probably going to say okay well now we have to put cameras in the bathrooms to keep an eye on people and i can people i can see people agreeing with this saying oh yes it's for our protection do you think that's far-fetched no And that this is all, all the spying is deliberate. And they, they can say, well, well, we won't put the cameras in the stall area. Just they'll be pointed towards the sink, you know, and, and if, you, if you'll, the lobby area of, of, of a public restroom. But, you know, anybody who, who goes along with this either is so brainwashed about these politically correct social issues because you're talking about a very small percentage of people in this country, and yet, just like all of these uh, illegals coming in and these refugees and these, you know, quote, immigrants from third world countries coming in here and demanding that we flush our, our, our culture, our language, and everything else to accommodate them. 
And now you have this teeny tiny percentage of confused people who demand that the rest of us get in line and bow down and genuflect at the feet of their political correctness for the day. Mm-hmm. That's one of the reasons I live in Texas. Texas is very different. Texans don't put up with this kind of crap. They really don't. Well, listen, let's go ahead and take our second break, and then we'll, when we come back, we'll switch over to the Trump Kissinger issue. Uh, listeners, today my guest is D.V. Kidd. She's the founder and director of Project on Winning Economic Reform, and we'll be back momentarily on the Truth Seekers radio show. If you're struggling to pay or haven't been making your student loan payments, listen carefully to this urgent alert. Have you been out of school for 10 or more years and you're still making your student loan payments? Are your student loans past due or even in default? Can't go back to school because of an old student loan problem? We can help you if you qualify. Your student loans can be taken out of default. We can stop the wage garnishments, stop the collection calls, and stop the seizure of your tax refund. Give yourself a break. Stop the stress and see if we can help you reduce your student loan payments. One quick 10-minute call could solve them right now. So call the Student Loan Helpline now. 855-371-FAST, 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 855-371-3278. This is a fee-based document preparation service to help you access free government programs. Call for complete details not available in all states. Want to lose weight? Then turn your body into a furnace that literally melts the fat away. That's exactly what Thermometer does. Thermometer is uniquely formulated with patented ingredients like bitter orange, brown seaweed, and decaffeinated green tea. Their combined thermogenic properties boost up your metabolism and turn up the heat in your body so you melt the fat away without any jittery side effects. Thermometer is not available in stores. It's only available to listeners of this station. We're giving away 100 free bottles right now to anyone who enrolls in our special trial offer. Call now for your risk-free trial offer. 800-430-4147 One more time, 800-430-4147 Welcome back. You're listening to the Truth Seekers radio show. Today, my guest is D.V. Kidd. She's the founder and director of the Project on Winning Economic Reform. And D.V., before we go any further, can you give us a web address where the listeners can find your articles? Yes, uh, they're published on Mondays on newswithviews.com, newswithviews.com. Okay. Now, let's talk about Trump and Kissinger. When you first heard that he had agreed to meet with Kissinger, what what was your thoughts on that? I had like this red flag go up in my mind, but what were your thoughts? Well, my personal thought, based on my 26 years doing this, Henry Kissinger is a Soviet spy. He has been, always has been. Thankfully, he's out of public office, but not uh, hasn't lost his influence. Henry Kissinger referred to military 
men as dumb, stupid animals to be animals to be used as pawns for foreign policy. Yes, Trump did meet with him. I suspect that he did it simply to, in some way, to show the Republicans, because you know, under the uniting uniting the party, that he was willing to you know listen. But one thing I'll say about Donald Trump. He's nobody's fool, and I can't tell you how I know, but he is far more well-versed on what's going on and who's pulling the chains. Some things he's not going to talk about right now, mm-hmm. because as we know, these prostitutes in the, quote, mainstream media, which I include as cable networks like Fox, CNN, MSNBC, they are like ravenous jackals ready to shred him at every opportunity. You know, Donald Trump has has been in the public eye for over 30 years. And in all those years, he has never, not once, not even in lawsuits, which he's a target of, just like uh, movie stars and, and people like that, never once has he been accused of being a racist. But when he went up against the Democrats in this presidential run, Suddenly, he's a racist. So I don't think, you know, they call him a clown, that he doesn't know what he's doing. And in fact, when he's not in the public eye on the campaign trail, as an example, oh, this is probably four or five months ago now, um, he met with Senator Mike Lee and a bunch of landowners out in Utah. He wanted to learn about the problem with government encroachment, public lands versus private land, he took the time out of campaigning to go and sit down and listen. And from all the people who've known him for a long time say that he's a very quick study. He learns things, you know, very, very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. And he remembers them. So him meeting with Kissinger, yes, it was not a good thing in my opinion, he doesn't everything that he does is very very calculated other than his gaffes here and there so you think it was more part of a strategy a smart strategy rather than part of the ritual okay you know Mm -hmm. part of the ritual you know a lot of people i i don't know this to be true but it's been reported in where i consider to be credible websites okay that he was offered 200 million dollars by Adelson, Shelton Adelson, who's a casino billionaire magnet in Las Vegas, to put Newt Gingrich on the VP ticket. And Trump said no. And that's when I noticed, before I knew that part, I noticed that all of a sudden Newt Gingrich, who was just overflowing with the wonderful things about Donald Trump, all of a sudden on Sean Hannity's show, he changed. Mm-hmm. I could see. I could see that he was going to hammer at him. He was going to nip, pick, 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 pick at him. Then I read about the two hundred million dollar offer. But of course, and I, I think I mentioned in that column, you know, the last person on earth that Trump would ever consider for the VP ticket would be Newt Gingrich, a known, tried, and true globalist. Here's the guy who with the help of Rush Limbaugh, and believe me, Limbaugh went out of his way to help Newt Gingrich 
push through NAFTA, which we call the not the North American uh, Trade Agreement. We call it uh, No American Factories Taking Applicants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it cost, cost, you know, several million jobs. In the first two years that NAF, after NAFTA was unconstitutionally signed into law, more than 4,000 factories in this country closed. Newt Gingrich is responsible for the pain and suffering of hundreds of thousands of employees in the textile uh, industry and agriculture who were immediately and dramatically negatively affected by NAFTA. So <laughs> Trump's, you know, two main campaign issues are these Ill- the illegals invasion and these damnable, quote, free trade agreements. So why on earth would he put the king of the first one on the ticket with him? No, he's not going to. Yeah. My guess uh-huh. is that it's going to be a, 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 mili- a re- former military somebody who's just like him. You know, Donald Trump has been wearing a bulletproof vest since last summer. As sickening as that is in 2016, that a presidential candidate, of course, it wouldn't be a Democrat. It would only be a Republican. And sure enough, you know, he wears a bulletproof vest. The the, uh, threat to his life is very, very real. You know, I feel sorry for his wife in a way because she. She must worry about him every time he's out there, and that he's whole, a target. And his whole family. I mean, I'm sure yeah. they're all in danger yes. of some kind. So I suspect that Donald Trump is nobody's fool, that he understands this, he understands the risk, and that he will appoint or, you know, bring somebody as a VP ticket, possibly retired military, who thinks exactly the way that he thinks, so that if something happens to him, mm-hmm. the person who steps up, into the Oval Office would be just like him. The same issues, the same goals, and with a backbone instead of these prissy, perfumed princes like Paul Ryan. (laughs) Exactly. Now, if Trump wins the White House, though, do you actually think he's going to be able to get done the things that he says he wants to do, or do you think once he gets in there, It'll be business as usual. I mean, I think it's hard to get to Washington and not play the game their way. What are your thoughts on that? My thoughts are, what in the hell is the matter with the voters of this country? The president is not the king, despite the best efforts of this criminal in the White House. The president, under the Constitution, has very little authority. He is the commander-in-chief when called into service. He nominates judges for the federal bench and the Supreme Court. He has veto power over legislation that comes to him. The president has no authority whatsoever to spend a penny of the people's purse without the proper legislation that originates in the House and is conformed in the Senate. And he, gives, he appoints ambassadorships and things like that, and he gives a speech once a year on the State of the Union. That's all the President of the United States has authority to do under Article 2, Section 2 of the Constitution. So if the people of this country are so up in arms, so mad about what's going on in all the primaries in 2016, do you know that only two incumbents have lost their primaries? That's unbelievable. Two. Okay? There's a website that keeps track of the percentage of incumbents that's reelected every two years for the House and every six years for the 
fake senators, and I say that because the 17th Amendment wasn't ratified. But And you can go look. Last uh, In uh, 2014, 94% of the same incumbents went back to Congress. The year before, it was 96%. So there's a, one or two more primaries that uh, for congressional seats. Paul Ryan's is August the 9th. As dirty rat that he is, do you know that in the polls in his district, he's leading his challenger by 93 to 7%? It's like the people never learn. I don't understand. But do people, how do people expect there to be change? They're all mad. At, oh, you know, the approval rating of Congress currently is 11%. 11% of the electorate approves of what Congress is doing. And so what did the voters do this primary season? They voted for the same people who are going to win in November and go right back there. Here in Texas, 24 seats, Republicans, 24, with the exception of one who, who's retired. The rest of them all won their primaries. Mm-hmm. They will win in November, and they'll go back there and keep destroying this country. Paul Ryan, he's threatening to sue Donald Trump over a temporary Muslim ban. But his party's presumptive nominee and he's already threatening to sue him and yet he's leading by 93 to 7 percent in his district and if the people if your incumbent didn't get the job done in the two four ten sixteen twenty two or twenty four years they've been in the u.s house what what do you think they're going to do different when you send them back this coming january nothing which is the reason I wrote my new book, Taking Politics Out of Solutions. Because the people of this country more know now about the Federal Reserve. Millions more now understand the problem with fiat currency. But they don't, they don't understand how these programs work. And so voters in Paul Ryan's district, well, he's a conservative, he's pro-life, and he's pro-Second Amendment. And the rest of the time, he's screwing you right out of your wallet. Okay, everything that Obama wants, Paul Ryan's going to is giving him the same as Johnny Wino Boehner, who is, you know, John Boehner didn't retire until after he had his 20 years in the House, which means he's fully vested. A lot of people, you know, there's always, you know, hoaxes and, and half truths on the Internet. But the one you see frequently is that, oh, well, they go to Congress for two years and then they get their retirement for the rest of the No, it doesn't work that way. It's a multi-tiered system. But John Boehner, he was fully vested when he finally decided to retire. So he gets a big, fat pension. He lives in an $800,000 condo in Florida next to the golf course where he's played golf with this criminal imposter in the White House. And now his successor, Paul Ryan, is doing the same thing as Boehner. He wants to sell us out to the Trans-Pacific Partnership. He wants amnesty for all of these liars, cheats, and thieves that sneak into our country, steal jobs, run our resources into the ground. This is, what is with you people out there? Why, are you, why do you think that anything is going to change? And let us say for the sake of argument that 95% of the same Congress we have now in the U.S. House and the U.S. Senate goes back in January. And you have Trump in the Oval Office. What do you think is going to happen? Mm-hmm. They're going to fight him every step of the way. Right. Because they have an agenda. 
their agenda, while they would vehemently deny it till the end of their days, but their actions speak louder than their political rhetoric and their lies. The agenda is for the United States to become part of a region of world government. Remember the um, North American, the efforts for the North American Union? Mm-hmm. That would erase the borders between Mexico and Canada, so that would be one of the regions, the eight regions of world government. Well, D.V., let's go take our last break because we're running out of time. Listeners, today my guest is D.V. Kitch. He's the founder and director of Project on Winning Economic Reform, and we'll be back momentarily on the True Seekers radio show. Want to lose weight? Then turn your body into a furnace that literally melts the fat away. That's exactly what Thermometer does. Thermometer is uniquely formulated with patented ingredients like bitter orange, brown seaweed, and decaffeinated green tea. Their combined thermogenic properties boost up your metabolism and turn up the heat in your body so you melt the fat away without any jittery side effects. Thermometer is not available in stores. It's only available to listeners of this station. We're giving away 100 free bottles right now to anyone who enrolls in our special trial offer. Call now for your risk-free trial offer. 800-430-4147. 800-430-4147. 800-430-4147. One more time. 800-430-4147. This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right. General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for $35,000. You heard right. That's 5,000 square feet for $35,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows. You can't afford to wait. So call Welcome back. You're listening to the True Seekers radio show. Today, my guest is D.V. Kidd. She's the founder and director of the Project on Winning Economic Reform. And D.V., what was the name of your book, Taking Politics Out of Solutions? Out of Solutions. Okay, yes. where can they find that? Um, it'll be available on Amazon and also News with Views. They're going to put a banner right on the front page. Okay. It's at the printer right now. Uh-huh. So we estimate sometime around July 15th or so. But I cover everything in the easiest possible terms to understand. Because uh, when you talk about the Federal Reserve and fiat currency, it can get very convoluted. But I put it in a way that all of us can understand. And it wasn't easy for me at first, you know, more over 26, 27 years ago. 
It was, I was, my dear friend, Dr. Edwin Vieira, who wrote uh, Pieces of Eight. That's uh, two two, uh, volumes. It's over 1,100 pages. I read it, and then I went back and reread it and flagged, um, there must be 500 yellow stickers, (laughs) because I had to learn all of this. But Americans are not taught this anymore. There can never be economic prosperity in this country until the central bank is abolished. In 2007, Congressman, then Congressman Ron Paul, introduced a bill to get rid of the Federal Reserve. They had no sponsors, co-sponsors, none, not one. People say, well, why not? You know, why are we borrowing our own money? You know, and in my book, I give you an example of Congressman Wright Patman. He served on the banking committee for, and he was in Congress for like 40 years before he died. But he, he gave a good example. He said, you know, when we needed the $49,800,000 for the Panama Canal, we borrowed it from the Federal Reserve, and the interest cost us $125 million. He said, does anybody see a problem with this? Well, yes. You know, three things happened in 1913. The first one was the Federal Reserve, or the uh, 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 um, Income tax amendment, the 16th Amendment, was allegedly ratified for the first time people were, Americans were going to be directly taxed. Well, we know it wasn't ratified, but of course the people in Congress don't care. The second thing that happened in April of 1913 was the 17th Amendment was declared ratified when it wasn't. Now, I filed a lawsuit over that two years ago. Filed a lawsuit to try to keep Senate uh, candidates off the ballot here in Texas. It went to the appeals court here. Absolute proof beyond a shadow of a doubt that they were two states short of ratification, that then Secretary of State William Jennings Bryan committed fraud. And the appeals court here uh, issued their decision last December. They said, oh, well, we don't care. You know, it's, it's the way it is. So then 17th Amendment did exactly the opposite of what James Madison, the father of the Constitution, said, at the Continental Convention, that direct elections of senators would never be given to the voters. That up until 1913, the states appointed two senators each. It would always be uniform. And those senators, with the, uh, from the, uh, they would be appointed by your state legislature. They would go to Washington, D.C. to represent the interests of the state. And one of the examples I give in my book is that witless, nitwit, Republican Senator Lisa Murkowski. She was, uh, had a running mate, Joe Miller, I don't know, what, four years ago? And uh, Joe Miller said that they need to get rid of the 17th Amendment, and that's one of the things he wanted to do if he got elected, because the amendment was never ratified. Well, Murkowski comes out and says, oh, this is just terrible. He's just so radical. You know, he wants to take away... Alaskans' representation in, in Congress. Why, this is outrageous. Well, she doesn't know what she's talking about. Because when the Congress was birthed as a result of the Constitution, those very wise men set it up where the House of Representatives would be elected by the people every two years so that when they squeezed the people's purse, you could throw their worthless backsides out of office through the ballot box. Okay, mm-hmm. so they, the senators, of course, would be appointed by your state legislature to go to represent the interests of the state. Had that system still been in effect, 
NAFTA would never have passed. CAFTA would never have passed. The WTO would never have passed. And a whole bunch of other things, because those were not in the best interests of the states. But the 17th Amendment was declared ratified. So Lisa Murkowski, she didn't know what she was talking about. Getting rid of the 17th Amendment would not deprive Alaskans' representative representation in Congress because they're already represented by the House of Representatives. So in 1913, they set up the central bank, the Federal Reserve. The way to feed it was through the personal federal income tax and destroy states' rights. Very clever, and here we are today. It is a disaster. And, Devi, we're out of time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Look out for Devi's book, Taking Politics Out of Solutions. And if you'd come back, Devi, after the book's mm-hmm. out, I would love it. Okay. So, mm-hmm. listeners, today my guest has been Devi Kitch. She's the founder and director of Project on Winning Economic Reform. And until next week on the True Seekers radio show, God bless. Mm-hmm.